0: What's up, guys? Welcome to our second episode of BG in the morning. We're so glad to have you tune in after our first episode last week. I'm Brett. I'm Gavin. And we're gonna be covering some sports from the past week. Uh, NFL season kicked off this past week. We had some eight-man action, some college football action, some MLB. Uh, we're just gonna get right into it with some eight-man football. A uh, really big game happened this this past Friday night between number one and two in the state, Stanbury Bulldogs and King City Wildcats. Um, Gavin's going to get us started on that game.
1: Okay, so Stanbury um, faces King City. Stanbury comes out on top 34-32 in that game. Um, it was a hard-fought game. I'm glad that this game was so close. Um, it's it's really, really exciting, the eight-man football can be this close. Um, Good defensive battle by both teams um, and the offense. I mean, the offense was just clicking for both of them. Um, So starting off with Stanberry, I think Austin Swayback has really flourished into um, the leading quarterback in the state. Uh, He just, his passing, he looks so comfortable throwing the ball. And there's not many quarterbacks right now that do. Um, he's, you know, he's good at running out of the pocket. Stanberry as a whole offense, I still think is the best offense in a man football. Um, like I said, those guys you can just hand them off to, and they have multiple threats to score at all times. Um, going to King City, um, King City's offense has always been pretty good. They have those athletic guys, um, Parker Muff. Uh, Pargumov played really well this game, just wasn't able to get it done. Um, I think King City needs to look at throwing the ball a little bit better, um, just to become the favorite in this game for uh, the next matchup, um, which will hopefully be the state semifinals. King City's coming out of District 3, Stanberry's coming out of District 4. Um, so the way that Misha has the format uh, matching up is they will be in the state semifinals together. And I do believe that this can be a state semifinal matchup if both teams play how they should and injuries and COVID hold off. Um, looking at uh, King, looking at the game itself, uh, King City on their final drive um, was forced to try to convert a fourth and 22. Um, ultimately, Stanbury stopped them and – uh, they end up running the ball, run the clock out. I mean, and then so looking at another game, um, we watched live was Albany Mount City. Um, I would say I would say
0: these teams are both matched up pretty evenly. Yeah, this was a very even, evenly matched game. Ended up being a one score game with Albany winning. Um, the one thing that uh, came out to me the most, stood out to me the most was. In the second half, Albany's defense was really spectacular. Allowed one score, I think the whole the whole half. And if it wasn't one, it was just two. But I think it was one. And they ended up closing up the game. They had a they had a drive at the end of the game. They had like seven minutes left. They started on their own five yard line, ran the clock out to like two minutes, and just really didn't give Mount City enough time to score. They were down by two touchdowns at that point. And so they didn't really have enough time to score that quickly, that many to make up the deficit. So it was just a really good second half from Albany and a good momentum booster. They're now 2-1 and one on the season. They're going to go play in Worth County this Friday night. And that's going to be another, I think, really evenly matched game between two teams in the GRC that are looking to start off their season the way they want to.
1: Um, I think looking at the game itself, um, Albany coming from that that ugly Stanbury loss. Looking at this um, this Mount City game, I think uh, Albany's like you said, Albany's defense, um, mostly their pass defense, looked a ton better than what it looked like against Stanbury. Obviously, Mount City's um, a less talented team than Stanbury, but um, Nate Doolittle uh, took on the role of guarding uh, number seven for Mountain City, which is their leading receiver. Um, he's a big guy, and I think I think Nate did a great job of shutting him down. Um, and I think Albany's pass defense got a little bit better, and I do believe going into this Worth County game, I think Worth County is going to try to hand the ball off to Alex Reinhart. Um, they have a couple uh, – Couple stars on their team, and Aiden Gladstone, Jackson Rundy, and Alex Reinhardt. Like I said before, and I think, I think to beat Worth County, you have to, you have to shut down those stars. Um, and I, I do believe, um, just just listening and um, hearing about Worth County, I do believe they think they are gonna want to put the ball on Alex Reinhardt's hands as many times. As they possibly can. So I do believe you have to you have to shut him down first. Um but yeah, looking at um next week, Stanberry goes Osceola. Um I think that's an easy win for Stanberry. And then King City takes on Pattonsburg. Um that'll be
0: that'll be a King City favorited game. Oh yeah. Um I would say going into Worth County and Albany. I would say Worth County is probably a slight favorite, but that's just because someone has to be the favorite, obviously. But I think both teams going into this game are very evenly matched.
1: I I, I do think I do think Worth County is a favorite. I
0: I think that's because I, Albany's coming off a fifty to zero loss, and that's probably still on some people's minds. I just
1: um, I think I think Albany could have showed more um, in that last game against Mound City if they want to be. Um, yeah, you know. If they feel like they're legit, I think they should have done more in that Mount City game. Not saying they can't, you know, improve. Obviously, everyone can improve. And I think looking at this Worth County game, I think if if you want to show people that you're the real deal, this is a real team. Um, I believe ranked number six in the state right now. Let me check. Yes, Worth County is ranked number six um, after the week three media pool. And I do, I believe that if Albany, if Albany wants to be taken serious, they have to go into Worth County on Worth County's homecoming, and uh, you know show them that they can play some football.
0: Yeah, and Worth County is definitely going to be the favorite, just going off their their state ranking. But I think Albany's Albany's game against Danbury doesn't. I don't think that shows the type of team this team is. Um, so, even though, even though Worth County is ranked. Probably a lot higher than Albany is in the state rankings. I do think this game will be a pretty close game. Um, time will tell when it come, like when the time comes. So, but yeah, I'm I'm expecting a really uh, competitive game. Albany really wants to show people that we're still we're still that team last year that everyone that a lot of people saw making some waves in the district tournament, the state tournament. So Albany's going to be looking to prove that, and I think that they will be coming into that game with a chip on their shoulder perhaps and i think that's probably all we got for eight man for this week just moving on to uh mlb we're just going to talk about a little bit of some standings and there was a little bit of news today some news broke that milwaukee brewers legend i'll just call him a legend because he was really big for the organization ryan braun um, is announcing his retirement he's he's one of the all-time great brewers in my opinion he was He always had a really good bat. Uh, He'll be known as one of the best sluggers coming off the Brewers. Um, Before we get into some standings, we're going to get into some MLB news that broke this past week, and that news being that Trevor Bauer, his administrative leave is going to be extended through the rest of 2021 season and postseason, and apparently there's some uh, rumblings that he's not going to play, that he may never play the MLB again. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people know what's going on there with him, so we're not gonna get into that on this just because it's some bad stuff. so, but, yeah, Bauer probably deserves this administrative leave through the rest oh, of the season. oh
1: yeah. if I mean, if if the allegations are true, i he doesn't deserve to play baseball. yeah, he's I mean ever again. yeah, Mike. he's
0: so he plays on the on the the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, so I mean, they're not gonna miss him too much. He's one of the best pitchers, but they've got they've got um, a really good pitching staff, just a good team all around, so they're not really going to – it's not like, oh, man, we don't have Trevor Bauer. What are we going to do? And some other news, the Dodgers activated Clayton Kershaw, the 60-day 60 60 IL. He made his first start since July 3rd this past week. So that's good for the Dodgers. They've got another pitcher that is just going to come in and give them really good work. So – we're just going to go over some standings real quick, starting with the AL East. The Rays are still on top of that division, probably going to win it. But a thing to keep an eye on in the AL East, last week the Yankees were one of the hottest teams in baseball. Well, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games, and the new hottest team in baseball is the Toronto Blue Jays. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. They are currently first place in the AL wild card, and they are looking very good. They've taken second place. In the AL East from the Yankees, along with first place in the wild card, so the AL wild card race is heating up. I said it was probably going to be Yankees and either Blue Jays and Red Sox in the wild card. So we'll, do, I mean, maybe the Yankees fall out of there too because the Red Sox are and Yankees are tied in terms of record. So it's going to be a really interesting wild card race uh, going forward. AL Central, the White Sox have got that division locked up; they're going to win it. The Astros have got. A six and a half game lead over the Mariners in the AL West. Um, I don't see the Astros losing that division either. So I mean, the division races overall aren't really that tight, but the wild card races are going to be really fun to see. We've got the Braves and the NL East leading that division by four and a half games over the Phillies, five and a half over the Mets. The Brewers basically have the NL Central locked up, being fourteen games ahead of the Reds. The Giants being the first they've they're the first team in baseball to clinch a playoff spot, so they're going to be in. They're 94 and 50, but they have not clinched their division yet because they are only two and a half games ahead of the. I keep on wanting to say Brooklyn Dodgers ahead been the Brooklyn Dodgers in years. Los Angeles Dodgers. They're two and a half games ahead of them, so that's going to be a really competitive um, division race. So, yeah, I mean, baseball's heating up. We're getting into the last month of the season. So, and then playoffs are gonna be right around the corner. And really, that's all we got for the for baseball. We're gonna move on to we're not gonna spend too much time on it on NBA because it's not uh, we're not really a free agency anymore. Well, all the big names are signed, but we're just gonna cover this. Aaron Gordon re-signed with the Denver Nuggets. He's got a four-year $92 million extension. Good pickup for them. I,
1: I am. I'm excited to watch this Nuggets team. I really am. I mean, they have young stars, uh, Michael yeah. Porter Jr., um, along with Aaron Gordon. You said just resigned. Yeah, that's a good. And that's then, a
0: good. That's a good extension. Obviously,
1: you have the reigning MVP, um, Jokic. Um, so I, I do think the Nuggets will be fun to watch next season, and I do think they could be a conference conference final. Yeah, they're team. Com-
0: they're competing for the. For the conference finals, they last season had a disappointing season. Jamal Murray got injured; it's out for the year. But Aaron Gordon on the Nuggets, his stats went down, but you expect that playing with the league MVP. But after he got traded to the Nuggets, he averaged 10.2 points, shot 50% from the field, 26% from three. That was down from his time on the Magic that in the season where he shot 37. So got to believe his shooting will go up the more he gets comfortable at the offense gets open looks and so 10, 10 points for him is pretty good He has he's going to have Jamal Murray on his team next year Michael Porter Jr uh, might take some minutes away so that's going to take away some points obviously but I don't think they really want him to put up a bunch, of, a bunch of points I think they just want him to be able to because Jokic is a great passer for his size and Aaron Gordon is one of the best dunkers in the league so I think it's going to be a lot of, like, the – Jokic catches the ball on top of the key, and Aaron Gordon, he's, he's backdoor cutting, like, a lot. Or he's going to be – Just
1: quick points.
0: Just some back, some quick backdoor cuts and just running in transition because Aaron Gordon is very athletic. He's very quick. Um, should be a dunk contest champion by now, but he's not. But everyone knows he should be. So, but anyway, we said we wouldn't talk about MLB or NBA for that long. So, with that out of the way – Another thing we got to cover is the Rockets and John Wall. This just happened today. They have mutually agreed for the Rockets to work on finding a trade for him. Uh, John Wall has not been the same since injuries, but he's still a veteran guard. He'll still help out a team as maybe a sixth man, or maybe he might start for some teams. But I definitely think his time as being an All Star is probably over. But, but he would definitely help a team out.
1: Um, just I mean, looking at past John Wall, he played that. After that Eastern Conference Finals loss to the Celtics, which were led by Isaiah Thomas um, that year, um, like you said, John Wall just hasn't been the same. Um, and John Wall John is a very, very fun guard to watch. Um, just not producing like he used to, had a couple injuries. Um, just now coming back. Um, I, I do think he will start on a team. I don't think uh, a team is going to look and trade for him as a sixth man. Um, but he, he's a better guard. He'll add some uh, locker room, you know, locker room depth. I think I think whoever trades for him, it'll be a good pickup. Um, he's no
0: longer going to be the star of a team like he was on the Wizards. No,
1: no, he won't be a star. He needs
0: His best role is either going to be as a first man off the bench or somebody who's going to play – Play through the star of the team, so I agree. Um, just breaking up some of these uh, some of these segments we're doing. We're gonna get into this question. I thought it was an interesting question that the Houston Rockets put on their Twitter, and I think it's a fairly easy question for anyone who's just a normal person like most people. But I just thought it'd be interesting, just to get it out there. So this is what the question was. It was you have ten tries to score on prime Akeem Olajuwon of the paint. And if you do it one time you get 10 million dollars but if you can't you never get to use your phone again. So I know my answer is going to be and I'm just going to keep my phone. I don't think I'm going to score on in the paint. It has to be in the paint. You can't just chuck up 10 threes and hope one of them goes in. It has to be in the paint. On a prime Kemba Langeuan who is one of the best defensive players of all time. I'm not taking that. Oh, absolutely. I'm taking it. You're Dude, taking 10 you want to
1: try. for one score. Dude, I hit him with the hit him with the post fade. I don't, I don't think he's stopping it, bro. I'm, I'm about to be
0: ten million dollars richer. Yeah, and this guy averaged three point one blocks in his career, which Man. is probably up there among the most of all time, if not the most of all time. I'm not taking that. I'm not oh, trying to I, score on Hakeem in the paint. You don't, you don't
1: think you can do it one, one, one time out of ten. You don't think you can? I score mean, you on. watch
0: me play this basketball season. I can't finish. So, no. Did. Dude, come <laughs> on, bro. I you gotta do it. Get him jumping. Get him the jumping. NBA under. center. Back in the eighties and nineties when the league was more physical. The league was than soft. The league was okay, soft. well we're not even gonna we're not even going to uh debate that because we all know the NBA is more physical, less physical now than it was then. But anyway, I just thought that'd be fun just to just to see our opinions on. I don't I didn't I really didn't expect that coming from Gavin, but anyway. Moving on to uh, college football, we had another week of some exciting games. Oh, there was a big upset between in the Oregon and Ohio State game. I really did see that as an, a big upset win because Oregon going into it was ranked number nine, I believe. Ohio State was ranked four. And Oregon was either nine or 11. I can't remember. It was like a top ten team or close to it. But Oregon now – Oregon
1: going into that game was ranked number 12.
0: Number 12. Okay, I knew it was around there. So, but now with the win, Oregon got the win, 35-28. Oregon has moved up to number four, where Iowa State, where Ohio State was. Ohio, Ohio State has moved down to nine. And I watched highlights of this game. I didn't get to see the whole game. But Oregon, Oregon's running game was very good in this game. CJ Riddell for Oregon had 20 carries for 161 yards. That's 8.1 averages or average yards per carry and two touchdowns. I mean, that is an that is an amazing game.
1: And, and along with those rushing touchdowns, he also had a receiving touchdown in this game.
0: Yeah, he had a receiving touchdown. So, Anthony Brown, the quarterback for um Oregon also had 65 yards of his own rushing. CJ Verdell with Three. He was CJ Riddell was actually the Oregon Ducks' leading rusher and receiver. He had 34 yards. So Anthony Brown's 36 yards passing was definitely spread out among because 34 yards, and um, they had several guys that had that had catches. So. Anthony Brown did a good job spreading the ball around. Oregon's looking very dangerous going into week three.
1: But also, I think looking at this game, um, Ohio State's quarterback C.J. Stroud threw for 484 yeah. yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, the the, the Ohio State offense played well.
0: They, I was just about to say Ohio State's offense is. I don't see them as the reason. Um, Ohio State's defense was letting Oregon just run all they, over. They him.
1: had no. They had no answer. They, for the running attack. They they, had, a, they didn't have anything.
0: This is what jumps out to me the most from the game. is Ohio State had three receivers with a 100 plus yards receiving and they lost the game. So, Ohio State they need to they need to get their defense in check this next week because there's only 14 the only four spots in the college football playoffs, so they really need to get
1: I I don't think I don't think Ohio State can make that up with their schedule. I don't think they can either. You lose to a Pac-12 team, yeah. um, playing a Big 10 uh, schedule, you, you don't make that loss up.
0: Yeah, I don't. I,
1: I do believe Oregon, I mean, obviously, they showed it, they might be a freaking – they might be a playoff team. I think the last time Oregon made the playoffs was Marcus Mariota, his, his so last too. campaign. I
0: think so, too. So, moving on from that, we had another game. We're going to talk about some Mizzou football. They They played their first SEC conference game against the Kentucky Wildcats. Same score as the last game. Mizzou came out with the L, 35-28. This is another one of those things where Mizzou's defense, honestly, was kind of to blame, but Mizzou had a chance to tie the game up late. They couldn't do it, so it's not all on the defense. Connor lack though, had 294 yards and four touchdowns, so that's a pretty solid game from him. He did have one pick, so that one pick really came back to bite him because they ended up losing by one touchdown. So, rushing for the Tigers, Tyler Beatty had 14 carries for 61 yards. I mean, a solid game, but he had more yards receiving than, than rushing at 88 receiving yards and a touchdown. So, Mizzou really wanted to see them come out with a win here because they just
1: – and um, this is
0: a win. Kentucky's not one of the higher tier teams in the SEC. Oh, absolutely not. So you really to – I mean, they're not—they're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they really, really needed to win this game, in my opinion. Chris Rodriguez, running back for the Kentucky Wildcats, had 206 yards on 27 carries and three touchdowns. So,
1: I, I think I think looking at Mizzou's offense, Mizzou's offense is not terrible. Their no, quarterback, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Connor Bazlack, Connor I believe—is yeah. how you pronounce it. We talked about him last episode about how He's he was—he's solid. Was, He's solid. He he's a bright young star. Um, he threw thirty four uh, for fifty one with two hundred ninety four yards and four touchdowns with an interception. Um, it's not impressive, but uh, you know, just watching him. Um, I believe he's very versatile. Um, he doesn't always have to throw the ball. He gets out of the pocket quick. Um, can make uh, you know, um, off off balance throws. Um. And Kentucky Wild, Wildcat defense—they only sacked um, in one time—and so, you know, I think I think one time for four quarters is not terrible at all. Um, and I, I I'm I'm very excited for him going forward. Obviously, this this is not a playoff team by any means, no. but I I do think I do think they could be good. Um, but the defense from Mizzou just didn't look great.
0: Yeah, so let's go from two teams that that need to work on their defenses to a defense that really, really showed that they are one of the top ones in the in college football, and that's the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa came into they played at Iowa State, rival game, in-state rivals, and
1: both I, top ten teams, both top ten teams.
0: Yeah, both teams. I mean, Ohio, Ohio, Iowa's quarterback had 106 passing yards for one touchdown. Tyler Goodson had 55 yards rushing one touchdown. And then their leading receiver for Iowa had 36 yards receiving and one touchdown. So that doesn't really seem like any stats that jumped out to you. Well, let me tell you something. Iowa State's quarterback through three interceptions, starting quarterback through three interceptions and zero touchdowns. So Iowa, State, or Iowa forced a lot of turnovers in this game. They really made... Iowa State's QB Brock Purdy not very comfortable in the pocket, made some bad throws, and they got to the point where Brock Purdy got benched and Hunter Decker's came in and hit on his and his playing time. He actually went 11 for 16, 114 yards and a touchdown. So he played; he didn't play too bad in the time he was given. But Iowa's ranked number five now, and they're sneaking up in that college football playoff. It's those top four spots that get in.
1: Unfortunately, as much as I love Iowa. Um... I just – I don't see him making um, the playoff just because they don't give much love. They're playing a Big Ten schedule. Um,
0: if they go undefeated, though, they have a shot. They're already number five. I,
1: I understand, but, I mean, you look at Ohio State, who is usually a playoff team, and a, a win against them late in the season will almost guarantee a playoff spot. I mean, they're ranked number nine now because they dropped that game against Oregon. And so I don't, I don't see – um uh, pulling up Iowa's schedule here, real
0: quick. Yeah, Iowa has some games. They play, they play, they play next Kent State, which they're not ranked. But they have a game. They have a game against Penn State, who's number ten. They don't play any team that's ranked higher than number ten currently, which is Penn State. So I mean, yeah, their big their their division schedule or conference schedule doesn't really benefit them. But already being number nine at this or number five at this point in the season, and if they were go, I'm not saying they will, but if they go undefeated, I think they'll get in as a top four team. Especially if one of those top four teams now were to lose,
1: I I just don't see it happening. I don't think they they'll get the the love they deserve. Unfortunately, um, I think if you go ahead and beat a Penn State and then maybe face an Ohio State in the Big Ten championship, maybe you get in. But um, the schedule. Schedule I believe is just too weak to get in. Um, I even think an undefeated Iowa team um, would it would not get in over a one loss um, SEC team or a two, even a two loss SEC team. Yeah, and depending that, on
0: who they lost to, would be it would be interesting. And if Iowa were to go undefeated and didn't make the CFP, I would, there there would definitely be more debates on whether to whether or not to expand it to eight, eight teams or 12 teams or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, if a team goes undefeated, what? how much better can you do? I mean, so I would kind of understand if they were to go undefeated and the committee didn't have them in the CFP, but that's saying if they go undefeated and that's not guaranteed. So uh, some other games in college football, there was a few more that went down. Just uh, looking at them here, we already talked about the upset between – Oregon, and Ohio State. We talked about Mizzou and Iowa versus Iowa State. And the other the other game we wanted to talk about was Texas versus Arkansas. Well, Texas is moving to the SEC here in a few years, and they got their first taste of SEC action this season, and Arkansas absolutely dominated them. I mean, I watched some highlights of this game, and it just looked like Arkansas just was doing whatever they wanted against Texas. I mean, Texas is starting uh, quarterback. Both their quarterbacks combined had like 110 yards. Hudson Card had 61 yards, and Casey Thompson had 57. Their leading rusher had 69 yards and a touchdown. Casey Thompson had 44 yards and two touchdowns. None of their receivers had any uh, had any touchdowns. But well, Arkansas, on the other hand, KJ Jefferson. It wasn't really about the the passing game for him. It was more of the rushing because. K.J. Jefferson had 138 yards, no touchdowns an interception, only threw the ball 19 times. But K.J. Jefferson was able to run the ball very well. He had 10 carries for 73 yards. Um, Smith, Traylon Smith for, for Arkansas had 12 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Green had seven carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. Four different rushers for uh, Arkansas had touchdowns. So the rushing game was very, very good. In Texas, I mean, they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to figure something out because if they're gonna be playing SEC competition week in week out. They're gonna have to play better than this.
1: I agree. Um, so that's gonna wrap up college football. I, I do believe um, we will uh, we will go into NFL. All
0: right. So just moving on to the NFL in a big week of NFL games with it being week one. So. What opened up the season was the Dallas Cowboys playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. And this was a really, really good game. The Cowboys proved that with their with Dak being back in their offense being at full strength, they're they're a good team and they can hang with the best teams in the league. They got some defensive guys back. So they they competed. They came out with a with with loss. But they lost by two points. Don't, They honestly would have won this game if they would have had some better clock management. They were, on their last drive, they had several plays where their their players just ran out of bounds like you need to in that situation on the last drive, especially when you have Tom Brady on the other end of this on the other sideline, you gotta you can't give him a minute and 30, which is what they gave him. I mean, it was just too easy. Okay. I was I was
1: very impressed with the Cowboys. I think oh, yeah. I think the Cowboys. Um, I, I do think they they are they are the favorite to win the NFC East um, um, over the football team.
0: Yeah, so I picked the football team to win this division, the NFC East. But with Fitzpatrick out, he suffered an injury. He's going to be out six to eight weeks, which is a little bit less than half the season. But in the NFL, a seventeen game season, I mean one game is super important. He's gonna miss six to eight. And so I think the Cowboys are now the favorites. I'm still rolling with the football team just because I mean you can't change your prediction just based off injuries. But I the Cowboys are probably the favorites now just because of this game and
1: And they they just the they played fence. they played a lot better than I expected. The only thing that worries me too. about this
0: game is Zeke because Zeke did not look like the Ezekiel Elliott we're used to seeing in this game. He had 11 carries for 33 yards, which is just not very good. Amari Cooper had a heck of a game, 13 receptions for 139 yards and two touchdowns. C.D. Lamb had seven receptions for 104 yards and one touchdown. I mean, those two guys are going to really, really be good this season. I mean, both of them are – could be the, the number one wide receiver on this team on, in any given week. They've got Michael Gallup, which unfortunately he suffered an injury in that game, and he's expected to miss three to five weeks. So that's a big blow to him offensively. But they've got the weapons. Dalton Schultz kind of surprised me. He's tied in form. Didn't really make much noise last season, but this season, this game, he had six receptions for 45 yards. Didn't have a touchdown, but in this offense with Dak, he's definitely going to be getting some – some throws. I mean, Dak is a very good quarterback. He proved he didn't miss a step, throwing for 403 yards and three touchdowns. Had one interception because of a drop by C.D. Lamb, and the Cowboys came out saying they were going to have him on a pitch count. Well, Dak Prescott ended up throwing 58 passes, so I think that's out kind of out the window, unless it was just like preseason and camps and stuff. Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things. He had 379 yards and four touchdowns. Antonio Brown was actually the leading receiver for the Buccaneers, with 120 yards off five receptions. Chris Godwin had a good game. The biggest surprise for me was Mike Evans only catching three passes for 24 yards. So just a great all-around game. And, Gavin, do you have anything else to say about this game?
1: Um, just, just very exciting. I think uh, the Cowboys were definitely overlooked. Um, but um, looking forward, I think the Cowboys go ahead and win that division. Um, Obviously, it's week one, so you, I mean anything can happen. But the Cowboys looked looked much improved from last season.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And Carson Wentz for the Colts, new QB for the, for Indianapolis, is made his uh, debut with the team this past um, Sunday. And I wanted to talk about how how well he played, just just real quick. The Colts ended up taking the loss on this. They lost by 12 to the Seahawks, which is a really good team. But Carson Wentz had a pretty good game. I mean, I said I thought he was in a better situation in in Indianapolis than he was in Philly. He threw 38 passes, completed 25 of them for 251 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's a solid game it from is. a guy who – kind of got a lot of, like, slack when he played for Philly. I
1: just – I don't think the Colts have the weapon.
0: Oh, yeah, they just don't have the weapons to be a playoff team. They've got Jonathan Taylor, who was their leading receiver, and he's a running back. Naheem Hines is also a running back, was their second receiver. We've got Michael Pittman, Jr., who's probably their best receiver that played in this game. And, I mean, he's not elite by any stretch of the imagination, so – I mean, I still think that this Colts team is going to make a little bit of noise in the regular season, but I don't think they're a playoff team. Um, so, yeah, biggest surprise, or one of the biggest surprises for me was the Houston Texans. I put in my notes into this going into this podcast, they traded Bradley Roby to New Orleans, and I put in parentheses, going full tank mode. Well, they started Tyrod Taylor here at QB this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know the Jags aren't that good of a team, but coming into this, I, th- I thought the Jags were going to win this. They got a new QB and Trevor Lawrence. Well, Tyrod Taylor ended up throwing for 291 yards and two touchdowns, and the Texans got a 37-21 to 21 victory on the Jags. So, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he threw for 332 yards and three touchdowns, but three picks. Not a bad debut, but not a very great one either with those three interceptions for Trevor Lawrence, who is the number one pick in this year's draft.
1: Um, looking at next game, uh talk about we have the football team versus the chargers and uh we both agreed in um episode one we thought the chargers would make a little bit of noise um so justin herbert looks you know not terrible 31 for 47 to 337 yards passing one touchdown throws one interception and that's against a good yeah football Football, team defense that is a that is against um a very good defense um Fitzpatrick goes down um, early in the game. Um, Heineke comes in, goes 11 for 15, 122 yards um, and a touchdown. Yeah. Antonio Gibson um, gets 20 carries for 90 yards. That's an average of 4.5. Not terrible at all. Um, no, I think
0: he's going to be really good for, for Washington, especially now. He's going to be getting more carries, I think, with the injury to Fitz. I mean, Tyler Heineke had a good playoff performance last season, but I don't think he's going to be doing games like that this year. I mean, he's a new QB, so you see new QBs that don't have a lot of film on them go off to start with and then teams figure them out. And so then, like, it's they're just not as good. So, I think the football team will still be a solid team, maybe 500. But with Fitz being out for half the season, pretty much, I don't see him making that much noise. I, I can't either. So, um, Chargers' offense looks promising. You know, yeah, Chargers' offense is going to be very good. They've got Justin Herbert, who was a great pick for him. He had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. He's only going to get better, in my opinion. So, a small surprise for me in this in this next game we're going to cover being the Steelers and Bills. I expected the Bills to win this game. I mean, I predicted them to win the Super Bowl and Josh Allen win the MVP. I mean, Josh Allen. Josh
1: had, Allen was not putting up MVP numbers. Yeah, that's...
0: 270 yards and one touchdown, which is, I mean, that's a solid game, but he threw 51 passes. Which is insane. I mean, a lot of QBs this this week through fifty plus passes, which is insane. Devin Singletary had seventy two uh, yards. Stefan Diggs had nine receptions for sixty nine
1: yards. And I, I truly believe the Steelers defense is I mean, as it is year in and year out, one of the best in the league. Um they the Steelers re-signed JJ Watt to a five year However, million dollar contract, and that was huge in keeping this defense together. Um, just Steelers' offense was impressive. Big Ben went eighteen for thirty-two with only one hundred and eighty-eight yards, one touchdown, yeah, and Najee like, Harris really didn't a, a disappointing yeah. disappointing first game as yeah. he only only rushed for forty-five yards with sixteen carries. Oh yeah, um,
0: yeah. You want to see when you are getting almost twenty carries a game. and and you i mean over 100 yards is you don't like say that that's like a minimum but you'd like to see him get almost 100 yards and they're getting almost 20 carries a 2.8 average yards per carry is not good especially for a player of Najee Harris's caliber but he's a rookie running back he is and i I, I, I think he will better
1: for sure he will get better um I just Chris, I just, Chris Boswell Steelers kicker goes 3 for 3 um yeah he was, puts puts 9 points on the board uh he's always Yeah, let's
0: just let's just talk about that. That he made three um three kicks and it just goes to show you how important kickers are in this game putting 9 points on the board. Absolutely. For the Steelers. And we saw in the Cowboys Buccaneers game Greg Zerline missed two field goals and an extra point which is 7 points and they ended up losing that game by two. So, I mean, it, kickers don't get a lot of love except that they're making, like, these game-winning kicks or, like, these 50-yard-plus kicks. But, I mean, kickers uh, – kicking is very hard. I'm not going to knock Greg Zerline. He's – they call him Greg the Lake for a reason. He's a very good kicker. But you just – kickers aren't – it just goes to show how important kickers are, man. Great um, game from the Steelers kicker.
1: Uh, Steelers, you know, talking about this division, I, I want to know your thoughts. Where, where
0: do you see him in this division? Well, after this win, I can definitely see him as a – not the favorite. You, you still don't think they're a I favorite. I still don't see him as a favorite just because the Bills did not play like the Bills in this game. I know that the Steelers' defense is really good. But, I mean, honestly, after week one, it's very hard to tell because the Steelers are the only team, aside from the Bengals, that are coming out of this week with a win. The Browns got took a heartbreaking loss and the Ravens did as well. But we're going to get into those games later on and we'll talk about why I don't think the Steelers are our favorite. We'll get to that in a second. But first of all, the Bengals getting us this is another surprise for me. They lost or they defeated the Vikings in overtime. And Joe Burrow had a pretty solid game, 261 yards and two touchdowns, along with Joe Mixon, who had 29 carries for 127 yards and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, in his debut, had 101 um, yards off of just five receptions and a touchdown. T. Higgins had a touchdown. I said this to begin with, the Bengals are going to have a great offense. I'm just not convinced their their defense is going to be good enough. And, to...
1: and looking at that defense, I mean, Kirk Cousins for the Vikings went 36 for 49 with 351 yeah, passing it made yards and Kirk Cousins and two touchdowns. Like, like
0: he was – Super elite. Yeah, this, Justin this Jefferson defense, also had a completed pass in this game. He was one for one with eleven yards.
1: This this defense is very. Itty, just, it's it, it's least. just not it's not great. Um, they did they did kind of shut down. Dalvin, though, as he has twenty carries, sixty one yards. But um, they, the thing he,
0: is, they kind of um, they threw the ball more. Than
1: they did. Running. They did because with this, Adam Thielen himself had two touchdowns. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they were they were definitely focused on passing the ball. So just real quick, another huge surprise for me was the Cardinals beating the Titans Absolutely thirty eight to thirteen. I was I mean the Cardinals are gonna be a real I figured they'd be a good team. But this Titans team they've got Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, Julio Jones. I mean their offense is absolutely stacks, their defense is a question, but even with that in mind, thirteen points for the team that's that stacked, it's just really surprising for me. And I think it says a lot about this Cardinals defense. Chandler uh, – Chandler – what's his name? Gosh, for the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Chandler Jones, that's who it is. Because I always get him kind of confused with Chris Jones because it just says C. Jones and I just think of Chris. But Chandler Jones in this game had five sacks. Like he went off. I don't know who was mm. blocking him. But oh my god. It gosh. was that uh
1: number 77 for the Titans he tweeted it out. Okay. He
0: tweeted out he's like sorry to the Titans fans for Well, I mean, your quarterback. I mean, you got to believe Ryan Tannehill was in this guy's ear the whole time like, dude, come on. 5 sacks for a whole team yeah. in a game is a lot, but for one player it is just Absolutely.
1: insane. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: 38 to 13 on a team that has Derrick Henry who by the way got 17 carries for 58 yards. That's that's a good job by by the Arizona Cardinals' defense, as well as A.J. Brown being held to 49 yards on a touchdown. Julio Jones, in his Titans debut, gets three receptions for 29 yards.
1: And I, I do think I do think this Titans team will pick up. Oh, once they yeah. kinda... I still
0: see them as a division favorite. Granted, they're not in a very competitive division, so they got the Colts as their biggest competition.
1: And then going on to probably the game of the week.
0: Either that or Raiders-Ravens, for sure. This, if this wasn't game of the week, it was second.
1: Well, I, I think – the Chiefs and the Browns.
0: That's what I was – yeah, I'm talking about that. That so, That
1: is the game of the week.
0: Okay. I mean, I definitely can see what you're, where you're coming from. And this is why – this is why I see – I still see the Ravens as a really good team because, we'll, like I said, we'll get into it. We'll get into it later. But the Browns kind of surprised me in this game. I mean, they match up very well with the Chiefs. I, I think the Browns match up better with the Chiefs than any other team in the league. Because the way you beat the Chiefs is by having a good running attack to keep Mahomes off the field and having a really good D-line that can pressure Mahomes, make him uncomfortable. I mean, he's still very good against the Blitz. He's, like, one of the best quarterbacks in the league against the Blitz. But you have to still – like, every single time he's been defeated, he's been running around the pocket the whole time. He still makes incredible throws because he's Patrick Mahomes. But it's just about – it's just about – minimizing those throws and keeping him off the field. And the Browns do that very well with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb in this game had 15 carries for
1: um, 83 yards. yards and
0: two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had 33 yards of his own and one touchdown. And
1: this this running attack is just dangerous. It is oh, a yeah. very that's, dangerous running That's why
0: attack. I'm not – a lot of people were kind of clowning on the Chiefs a little bit, not like big analysts or anything, but just some guys that I know. And, I mean, yeah, the Browns aren't – like a Super Bowl contender, but they match up. It's all about matchups, and they match up very well. with The Chiefs with this running attack. The Chiefs were down pretty much all game. The Browns. The Browns really, really controlled this game for like eighty percent of it, probably. But. And I think I think, mean, I think Chiefs looking, are going to Chiefs. That's just all there is to it. I think looking
1: ahead, no the Browns will save. get Odell back, and that'll just be another weapon oh, yeah. in their arsenal. Um, yeah, but...
0: Baker Mayfield didn't. He had a solid game, 21 completions for 321 yards. Didn't have a touchdown because they were more They were more run-focused. He had one pick that was in the end of the game. And I can't tell if he – I saw a replay. He made a, he made a pick late in the game trying to take the lead back from the Chiefs. And he kind of stumbled as he threw it. I think that he thought – he didn't realize that someone was behind him. But he went to throw it. And as he threw it, somebody dove at his ankles, tripped him, and he lunched forward in a terrible throw. Got picked off, and that was basically the game sealer. But oh. a very good game from the Browns. I think. Mean, I think,
1: I think looking Browns. at this Chiefs offense, Chiefs offense is going to do what Chiefs the oh, Chiefs yeah. offense does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes goes twenty-seven for thirty-six with three hundred thirty-seven yards passing. Um,
0: Tyree eight, kill, man. three touchdowns. This Tyree guy had killed. almost two hundred yards in the first game. I mean. Eleven receptions for 197 yards. It's an average of almost eighteen uh yards per catch and a touchdown. Kelsey had two touchdowns himself with seventy six yards. I mean, those two were basically the the main guys in this in this offense.
1: I mean, they it's just impressive. I, I mean, don't yeah, see it's, it's I I Chiefs. can't see anybody in the AFC contesting the Chiefs. I mean well, I mean they, they obviously had a competitive game with the Browns. I just – I can't see anybody in the AFC beating the Chiefs. I can't. This yeah, offense this is O-line, too deadly. The,
0: the Chiefs were missing Frank Clark. I said O-line. I meant D-line. And then in their secondary, they were, they were missing Tyron Matthew. So, I mean, their defense wasn't looking very good during the game. But Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew were two huge guys to be missing. I mean, mm-hmm. so – this is just a really big win for the Chiefs. And the Browns are now 0-16 and 1 in their last 17 in their last 17 season openers. Um Dolphins got a win against the Patriots. 17-16. I, I, yeah, I don't think we
1: need to talk about that much. Yeah, I, mean, we, I just want to talk
0: about Mac Jones. He had a pretty solid debut, 281 yards and a touchdown. Damien Harris had a hundred yards as well, rushing. But the Dolphins, I mean, they they're gonna be a team that probably is maybe a wild card team. I don't. I wouldn't I, say probably. I, I can't see. I would say they have a shot team. as a wild card team, with just the how competitive the AFC North is. Though, I'm not sure, but they'll definitely be a team that's like in and out of the race. So, but moving on from that, another huge surprise for me: the Saints absolutely destroyed Demolished the Packers, thirty-eight the to three. Jameis Winston's MVP odds went insanely high up after this game. The man threw for 148 yards. He completed 14 passes and had five of them for touchdowns. I mean, the dude had an absolute amazing game in his first game starting. He's obviously not going to put up those types of numbers every single week. I don't know what the Packers defense was on in this game,
1: but the, well, the Packers offense looked
0: looked bad. Terrible. Aaron Rodgers had 15 completions, 133 yards and two interceptions. And I mean that's just not. I very mean the, good. When, that's to the point where they brought in Jordan Love at the end of the game. When
1: you when you have the self proclaimed best receiver in the league, and he, he, five he has five 56. receptions for fifty six yards, like that's not terrible, but he didn't he didn't have a touchdown and. Yeah.
0: The, I mean, the Packers the, are going to. I don't know what was Aaron this Aaron
1: week. Jones had five carries for nine yards. Yeah. Aaron Jones.
0: Yeah, that's just not a good not a good game from the Packers, but it's week one. So they'll get better. The Saints, I think, are gonna not do that week in week out. But moving on to the Sunday Night Football game, prime time. Matt Stafford making his debut. He had an amazing game, making me look like a genius for drafting him in the eighth round when I did in my fantasy draft. Dude threw for twenty, uh, for twenty completions, completions, three hundred twenty-one yards and three touchdowns. I mean, the guy had a great game, and I said this. Uh, from the beginning, this is one of the best teams he's been on, maybe the best. The only the only uh, conversation you could have is that the teams that he had with Calvin Johnson are better. But this is definitely a more f- complete team because he's got an insanely talented defense. He's got uh, really talented and just solid receivers all around him. So and uh, the just, Rams are going to be dangerous.
1: I, I agree. Um, Looking at this game as well, the Bears quarterback situation, I think it needs to be addressed. Andy Dalton goes 27 for 38 with 206 yeah. yards.
0: Bears fans were really wanting Justin Fields to come into this game, and rightfully so, man. Andy Dalton's time as a starter's up. His I, spin, I just I
1: don't understand. His
0: prime years were in the bank. Were in the his time. I with, I do with not understand he was a wild card team every single year, and he had AJ Brown front-flipping over guys into the end zone. I mean, that was the best of his career.
1: I don't understand why but he's, the Bears won't take the leap with Justin
0: Fields. I don't know why either. This is the same team that drafted Mitch Trubisky in the second in the second round or second pick when they still had QBs like Patrick Mahomes available. I mean, this is the same team that is just kind of gets clowned because for that tweet they put with in like March or whatever, whenever it was, it was after the draft, I think. And they said QB one, and there's a picture of Andy Dalton. I mean, we saw this guy last year. He had one of the best offenses around him. He had Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, and just absolutely was terrible. I definitely think by week five, if Justin Fields isn't a starter, I mean the Bears need to really take a look at themselves as a front, as a front office, and a coaching staff. But yeah, Go for, ahead. The Rams got the twenty point lead, twenty point win with that. And we're gonna go ahead and talk about maybe not the game of the week, but the most wild game of the week.
1: Monday night football, baby. Monday overtime night football. Overtime
0: game between the Raiders and Ravens. So just to go ahead and get it out of the way. The Raiders got an overtime win, 33 to 27. And I just want to say real quick, I'm really impressed with the Raiders' defense, defense in this game because mm-hmm. they've always Absolutely. they've always had a talented offense. We've got Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller. They just have always had solid weapons. Derek Carr, I think, is one of the most uh, underrated quarterbacks in the league just because he's so streaky. But I still think he's a solid quarterback. And, But the Raiders' defense, it wasn't looking very pretty to start. They, they went down 14-0 to zero early. But the Raiders didn't give up. And this was their first game in their new stadium with fans. And you could just hear the atmosphere in that stadium. I mean, it was insane. Looking
1: at Derek Carr, I mean, he went thirty-four for fifty-six with four hundred thirty-five yards. Yeah, he had a heck two big touchdowns.
0: Big. Had I a mean, that, game. Yeah.
1: that that's a pretty good game against a solid Ravens defense. The only thing
0: I will say is at the beginning of the game, Derek Carr was trying to force the ball to Darren Waller. There was a point where Darren Waller had like ten targets and three catches, mm-hmm. just because Derek Carr was. Try- I mean, Darren Waller is a top three tight end in the NFL. But you you gotta spread the wealth around. You got a guy like Henry Ruggs in your team who's a solid up and coming player. You've got Hunter Renfro who had a really good game, and uh, you you've got other weapons besides Darren Waller. But they ended up figuring out, they turned it around, got the six point win. Mm. You know, Lamar, let's talk about this Ravens offense.
1: Lamar looks awful.
0: I would awful. not go that far. I would, Dude, he does not look good. He didn't look very good in this game. He – sometimes I feel like he tries to run the ball too early and not let the play develop.
1: And I think we got to talk about the injuries on the Ravens right now. Obviously – Yeah, the
0: Ravens going into this game are missing. Marcus Peters, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins. I think with those two guys, they take some of the pressure off of Lamar. But, I
1: mean, he goes 19 for 30 with only 235 yards and one touchdown.
0: I know, and Tyson Williams had a really good game as well as Latavius Murray. So they've got two guys that are going to back up and come into this role very, very well. But here's the thing about Lamar. He had two fumbles in this game, one of them in overtime. So, again, I'm going to take – for me, I'm taking it – I'm not focusing on what the Ravens offense didn't do, but I'm focusing on what the Raiders defense did do. Their defense looked really good in this game. And so that's why I still see the Ravens as a division favorite in the NFC North because the Raiders defense was really good in this game. I mean, they had, they made the a former MVP fumble the ball two times. I mean, in, in overtime, it was probably one of the most wild overtime games I've ever seen. The Raiders won the toss, get a really big play late in overtime. And their wide receiver, I can't remember who it was, reached across the goal line. They ruled it a touchdown at first. But they initially ruled it, uh, ruled it that he was short by a yard. They put him on the goal line. They couldn't get in the end zone because Derek Carr threw it to a guy that was wide open. But he threw it a little bit too hard, and it bounced off the guy's helmet, went up in the air. Ravens picked it off. But it, I mean, at this point of the game, I was like, oh man, the Ravens are gonna are gonna come out with a loss. This is a really tough loss for them. But the Ravens end up. Fumbling the ball, somebody punched the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands. He fumbles, and then the Raiders end up throwing a touchdown pass, win the game. And the like I said, this the atmosphere in this stadium was just crazy. It was just a great game to watch.
1: I agree. Um, going into our final, final two segments, uh, we're gonna do a quick NFL pick 'em. Just quick, quick, quick NFL pick 'em. Um, Giants or football team? I'm picking a football team. I'll go with the football team too. Raiders or Steelers? This is
0: probably going to be one of the games of the week, and I'm going to go with the Steelers just right off the top of my head with not thinking about it too much. I'm going to go with the Steelers, 49ers or Eagles? I'm picking the 49ers. I agree. Texans or Browns?
1: Browns. I don't, Yeah, the Texans aren't going to compete. Broncos or Jaguars?
0: I'm picking the Broncos. I'm also going with the Broncos. Saints or Panthers? Saints Panthers, you know what? Since I think I know who you're going with, and I don't want us to agree on all these picks, I'm gonna go with Panthers. Okay, I'm going with the Saints. Hopefully, uh, James Winston can keep that production. I, I up. did not see that. Rams or Colts. I gotta go with the Rams on this after that offensive performance in the first week. I agree. It's gonna be a good game though. Bills or Dolphins. You know I expect the Bills to
1: rebound and get the win here. Um, I'll I'll,
0: I'll pick I'll pick the Dolphins. We'll see what Tua can do. All right. Patriots or Jets? Patriots, Jets. I gotta go with the Patriots. I think this will be another close game though.
1: I do too I think Mac Jones will have a great game against this Jets defense. Bengals or Bears?
0: Um, this is a really tough uh game to pick. But I'm gonna go with the Bengals just because if if the if the Bears had Justin Fields, I'm picking the Bears all day.
1: I I I But with
0: Andy Dalton, I just don't see him winning this.
1: I, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Bengals, Falcons or Bucks.
0: Uh, Bucks,
1: Absolutely. Definitely. Vikings or Cardinals? It's going to be an offensive game. Yeah, this
0: is going to be a really good, solid game. I'm going to go with the Vikings. All right, all right. Titans or Seahawks? I think the Titans rebound after their loss. I'm picking the Titans.
1: I agree. Cowboys or Chargers?
0: Ah, oh, man. This game is going to be another close game. But I, I'm picking the Chargers. I think their offense is on the same level. Or like just just underneath one level of the Cowboys, and their defense is better, so I'm gonna go with the Chargers.
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Cowboys on that one. So we disagree on that. Chiefs or Ravens?
0: Chiefs, Ravens. I'm gonna pick Chiefs. Can't pick against them after that Ravens loss.
1: Um, Lion and final Lions or Packers.
0: Hmm. You know the Packers are struggling, and normally the teams that struggle out of the gate struggle for a while. So I may get some. Some uh, flack for this, but I'm picking the Lions.
1: I I don't I don't think the Packers I don't think the Packers can have um, two bad games in a row, and then um, yeah, that's all I got. Um, we can go into a couple fan questions if you'd like. Um, let me pull those up real quick. All right, heading into fan questions, um, uh, we do have two that we're going to answer um how do you feel about gold medalist gable steveson joining the wwe um if you don't know gable steveson is a uh olympic gold medalist for the u.s wrestling men's wrestling team um and he's also um so a lot of people believe that he was going to opt out of his senior year at minnesota and do wwe full-time um He is actually going to do both the WWE and the college wrestling season, which I think is absolutely insane. You watch the WWE. How do you think that this will tie into how they want to produce things?
0: I'm I'm familiar with WWE. I I watched it like in the mid-2000s to like early 2010s. I don't really anymore just because it's kind of dumb now. But anyway – We've seen this with guys like Kurt Angle, who is a Olympic gold medalist for wrestling. He did very well in WWE. He went on to wrestle for WWE and some other wrestling uh, uh, companies. So, I mean, Gable Steve, Gable Steve, uh, Stevenson is, I mean, if he's an Olympic medalist, you got to put him up there on the same level as Kurt Angle. So we'll see how he does. The thing about Kurt Angle was he was also very like charismatic, and that's part of wrestling is you got to be able to to talk and uh, either make the fans love you or hate you, you gotta be, or else they're gonna just not like you very much. And so, thing about thing about it, him doing both wrestling in Minnesota and WWE, he's probably not gonna be on WWE a lot until he graduates. But I mean, I think it'll be a change of pace because a lot of this WWE is like more focused on like just like these moves that like aren't like actual real wrestling. And this guy, he's probably going to bring more of like a matte wrestling style to it. So it'll be like a nice contrast to the other wrestlers.
1: Um, Going just like out of the WWE and just looking at this as a business standpoint, this is probably the biggest NIL
0: signing for... Yeah, he probably wouldn't have been able to do this before because I saw that it was like an NIL deal. Mm. And that's a new thing. This this
1: has to be the biggest in all college sports. probably. He is getting... Oh, he's going
0: to get a lot of money from WWE. I mean, they're a big company. Even people that don't like watch wrestling and know much about it know the WWE just because it's like a global company. So, I mean, yeah, I don't expect him to do big things right brought the stars and still be in college. But, I mean, down the road, who knows? He might be one of those guys that is like one of those stories you look at and say, hey, he got a start and he was an Olympic gold medalist, moved to professional wrestling, and ended up being really good in that area too. And
1: then um, the last and final question we have is: Any changes on what you guys said about the Ravens since the injuries, or do you think they will be the same? Because we both had predicted they would win um, their yeah. division. Um, you know, looking at it and just watching that game on Sunday, the Ravens are not the same team. Obviously, yeah, I don't they, think I don't they think they go ahead and win that AFC North.
0: Yeah, they didn't look like the same Ravens team. I could see, I still see them as a, I still see a path for them to win the division. Let me just say that. Like I said, they re, they signed Latavius Murray. They've got that young running back that they have. His what's his name? I forgot his name already. Tyson Williams. Um, he he looked good. Latavius Murray looked good. He had just signed the Friday before the game, so. This, this offense is going to get more comfortable with each other. I still see them as one of the favorites. But I, I now see a more possible way for either the Browns or Steelers to win this division. But I'm going to stick with my prediction of the Ravens. I'm doing the same thing with the football team. Just because I don't like switching up your prediction like in the middle of the season just because you see how a team's playing. So I'm just going to be short answer no. I don't see anything changing. I still see them as winning this division just because – Lamar Jackson, yeah, he didn't look good in this week, in this week game, but he's still a former MVP, still one of the best mobile quarterbacks in the game. So I'm just going to still say the Ravens are going to win this division. All right.
1: Um, I'm going to disagree. I don't think the Ravens go ahead and win this division with the injuries that they have. Um, but I think that's going to wrap up fan questions. And with that, um, our episode is going to come to a close. We really do appreciate you guys tuning in um brett and i we really love doing this um it's very fun and we hope you guys continue to watch
0: yeah i mean that's going to be it for us we're glad you guys tuned in like gavin said and we'll hope you tune in next week and with that being said it's going to wrap us up and we'll see you we'll see you next week